This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture, only on lineupmedia.fm. Genazit, genazit, parluisin shpesek. Hello, my friends. Uh, hey, yesterday, how about a shout-out to our Armenian national soccer team? Uh, they came back and uh, pulled a big win there. I think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, I know they didn't play anyone major, but you know what? This is a good start. They seem like they got the core back, and uh, it's good to see our soccer team do good, our Armenian national soccer team. Uh, Anush has got an interview. Anush has got an interview with Stepan Partamyan, and uh, this man's really interesting, and I think it's going to be a good one. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another episode on Armenia Proud, Toast to Armenia. Today um, I have a very special guest. Uh, We're going to discuss lots of interesting subjects, including a wonderful event that took place around June 10, Guinea Fest. But also um, we're going to talk about uh, activities and career of this special person. And we have here today Stefan Partaman. Hello. Mm -hmm. I'm good. All right. So um, our listeners primarily um, speak English, mm -hmm. and they are all over the world, so the interview will be in English. Um, thank you so much for your interview today. Um, tell us about Stepan Partamian. Who is he? And mm -hmm. I was 19 years old when I came to the States. Okay. Today I'm 56. All right. So uh, I have always questioned why everything that was imposed on me in life, from Armenian culture mm -hmm. to any event that Armenians had to do. And, my, and I have always noticed that uh, we are doing things just because it is the tradition of doing it. But we have never ventured into new projects. Uh, after so many years of trying different things, I realized that uh, rain on planet Earth starts from the clouds and goes to the ground, but Armenian rain starts from the ground and goes up to the cloud. So anything you try to do in the Armenian community, not necessarily it's going to work because in the general public uh, it has succeeded. And knowing that, I have always tried to do different things, uh, not the normal, and it, 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 it has always been questioned by the communities that I have tried to do things. So, so you like to challenge people to think more and go beyond the uh, standard or the tradition yes. or the beliefs? Well, I, I, I love traditions, but then so many of our traditions are not ours. It has been adopted because certain people come from di different countries. I came from Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Certain traditions in Lebanese culture has affected me till I said, why? But the rest of the community, the people are coming from Iran, from even from Armenia, from Armenia yeah. um, um, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Egypt. They come in thinking that what they're doing is part of the Armenian culture, yet it is not. Armenians coming from Armenia, they have the very highly influenced Russian culture in them, and they present it as Armenian. Lebanese Armenians, they present the Lebanese culture. The Syrians, the Syrian. Um, the Egyptians, the Egyptian Armenians... Um, present their, that culture as part of uh, being Armenian. So it, it has become a salad that's not even taste good. So uh, I have done so many projects in Los Angeles. Uh, some of the biggest events that has happened, I always try to do something bigger than the one I have done before. Um, but again, the community, because it is not the standard building a church, building a school and then not having Armenian kids speak Armenian at school, it is not the norm, then they start questioning me. Uh, I produced uh, Spirit of Armenia uh, at Hollywood Bowl. Over 15,000 people attended a full evening of three hours of pure Armenian music mm -hmm. from different traditions, from different uh, uh, styles of Armenian music. 
there were only 3,000 Armenians. The rest were non-Armenians. That's and amazing. It was the only event that non-Armenians, that many, 12, over 12,000 non-Armenians attended. It was part of the Hollywood Bowl, uh, the LA Philharmonic's summer festival. And when I asked Armenians, Armenians said, no, we can't get involved in that. All I had to do is I just called them and said, this is what I would like to do. It took me seven years to make it into reality, mm -hmm. but it happened. So your goal was to uh, introduce Armenian music with all its genre to mm. all the people who live in California being non-Armenian and yeah. some Armenians. Yeah. Well, see, my, I, I always have this uh, standard of go out of the kitchen. Armenians like to stay in the kitchen. We like food. So we <laughs> like to stay in our kitchen and not go outside of even the building because it's a safe place. It's not dangerous. You're not going to lose money when you're in your, your own kitchen. Um, I like to take the Armenian culture, not the adoptive Armenian culture, mm -hmm. the Armenian culture to the general public and say, if you listen to flamingo music, you know it's Latin. Yeah. If you listen to belly dance music, you know it's Arabic. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the Persian 6-8, then you know it's Persian. What is Armenian? Yeah, every, every that's, Armen that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. What is Ar every, how, how do we know what exactly. it is? Exactly. The Armenians who came from Iran, mm -hmm. they present the Persian culture as Armenian. Armenians who came from Arab countries, they present the Arabic belly dance as being Armenian. And all the other traditions that been in a social gatherings in weddings that the other people do Armenians from those countries do the same thing like uh, when they're still throwing money on the bride it's not an Armenian tradition <laughs> when they start uh, chanting like the Bedouins do it's not Armenian in yeah. weddings yeah. Um, uh, Armenian music is not the belly dance music or the Persian 6-8 or the Latin samba or those things so that's what I try to present the authentic Armenian culture, which some people agree, we may disagree. Mm -hmm. The vocal cord is the purest of all instruments in Armenian culture. Um, and the nearest instrument to the vocal cord, because it's air going in and out, yeah. is the woodwind instruments. Which is the duduk? Duduk, bugu, bugu uh -huh. more than duduk, balul, mm -hmm. um, um, then uh, Barga Buzuk, and all those things are very traditionally Armenian. Like, we, we present the kanun as being Armenian, yet it is an Arabic-named instrument by mm -hmm. Arabs, because Arabs created it. We present tar as an Armenian instrument, mm -hmm. which has a Persian name, which is a Persian instrument. Mm -hmm. We present the dohol as Armenian, which is imposed on us by the Arabs when they invaded Armenia. We didn't have the dohol percussion instrument. Yeah. When the Arabs came and controlled us, we had we have borrowed it from them. Wow. So, so many, the kamancha is not Armenian. Mm -hmm. Yet today, and every Armenian is so proud of the Kamancha instrument, the tar instrument, the oud instrument, mm -hmm. the kanun. Those have nothing to do with the Armenian culture. But because I always say that we are anushatir, uh, and uh, like we just say things because we want to say it. Yeah. Because my grandfather played that instrument. That yeah. means it's a purely Armenian instrument. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when you grow up with certain sounds and certain musics, it becomes part of you. But it's always good to know the background and the history, what exactly um, well, you know, I, I was the purest. I believe we as human beings living on planet Earth. I mean, for me, when they ask me, where are you from? I say, I'm from planet Earth. Yeah. Because we're just human beings. But each of us has a different spark, has a different color. And I present it as either a bouquet of flowers. The concert. No, well, it's yeah. us as human okay. beings. Okay, yeah. We are bouquet of flowers where you have the tulip, the rose, the, um, the jasmine and everything. And one, it just gives you a beautiful look and different smells instead of just having a bouquet of only roses or jasmines or tulips. Um, we as human beings uh, from different cultures n need to be as identified as this is a rose, this I is see. a tulip, this is a jasmine. Therefore, when put together, or it's a, it's a mosaic, of a, a painting mosaic, yeah. where you're utilizing gems. Each one has a different color and different spark. When you put them together, then you have a beautiful picture. In case of Armenians, we don't know what is our color. We don't know what is our flower. We don't know what is our spark. 
each of us are borrowing something from another culture and presenting it. And then we argue. We love to argue. <laughs> I'm sure right now people listening to me, each one of them, they're going to start saying yeah. what they know from their grandfather to be Armenian. Yet yeah. the first generation American Armenians who came to the U.S., they were the peasants of the Ottoman Empire yeah. who played the the dumbak, which has nothing to do with Armenian culture, who played the oud, which has nothing to do with Armenian cultures, yeah. and they played the Tur Turkish taksims. And then somebody right now is going to say, but you know, the best of oudi uh, players or the composers were Armenians. Yeah. yeah, but they composed to the Ottomans. They did not compose to the Armenians. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so like the So right thing. now, when you listen to the first American-Armenian musicians, it is purely Ottoman music. It, has, it might have an Armenian melody mm -hmm. in it, but it's performed with the Ottoman style of music. Yeah. When you take a tar, it just like I always make a, a joke of the Armenian popular instruments, we can mention the violin and the piano to be Armenian national popular instruments because every Armenian plays yeah, on them. exactly. But when you play the notes, you can play on the same instrument, the Turkish style, the tur Turkish lad, the Armenian uh, style, the Greek style, the Arabic style, and you can distinguish those things. But unfortunately, society is going more and more in ignorance of understanding what's theirs and what's not. Do you think it's ignorance, or maybe they need someone like you, or maybe there's a few others too to challenge to people to, um, you know, go deep and well, uh, think about. Don't, Armenians don't like to think about. Because maybe Armenians, not at the Ar moment. Armenians are. I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, yeah. again, my philosophy is this. 51% of Armenians don't care. Therefore, all of Armenians don't care. Because it's a basic mathematics. Majority rules. <laughs> so 51% is bigger than 49%. I work on 2% only. I'm yeah. trying, all these years I have worked on 2%, so to bring the 49% of knowledgeable Armenians, which some people make joke of me and saying there, there isn't even 10%. Now, people might think I'm very negative in what I'm saying, yeah. but it's reality. That's how unfortunate we are. And we are so fortunate that we had Gomidas Vartabit, who specifically explained to all what is Turkish, what is Armenian, what is Kurdish, but none of us follow his teachings. Because Armenians, as they have a joke, there is no soldiers among Armenians. They're all generals. So an Armenian, <laughs> as soon as he is born with an Armenian DNA, yeah. he knows everything. He is the Google, and he is the encyclopedia. <laughs> he is the Yahoo of any information you want. You can ask an Armenian plumber about Armenian culture, the musical culture. He will tell you something about it. Yeah. You will Very randomly, you will find an Armenian say, I don't know. Let me find out. Yeah. Very few Armenians will tell you that they don't know about this and they're trying to find out. Yeah, we have we have strong uh, Armenians have strong opinions. Uh, but leading from that then let's go to another project that you have um uh that is pretty large. Um you have published books where you have that what's the percentage of people are in that book do they they, they go into well, see, the 49%. Well, my interest in publishing those books was totally not the books itself. And let's, let's tell about the books okay. because I'm not yeah. sure if all the listeners know about them. Well, the series are called Yes, We Have. In 2009, when President Obama was elected and every Armenian was waiting for him to utter the word genocide, which personally I don't care. I know that the genocide has happened. I need to excel to make sure that people in power are the people who control everything. We Armenians love to be the underdogs. We, we were killed. We were massacred. Please take care of us. This is another Armenian national identity, unfortunately, mm -hmm. in general, 51%. We have 49% who want to do everything. Individually, we are the greatest innovators, the greatest... Uh, proud people, but collectively we like that safe haven of they killed us, please take care of us. So my project right now, I exist for one project on this planet, and I'm not going to die till I finish that thing. It is documenting the Armenian okay. in the 21st century. And when I say the Armenian, it is not the individual. 
it is locations. We are so proud of our history in, on planet Earth, yet we have nothing to show from our own history, except if it is the Greek historians, the Persian historians, and uh, some other historians who have said about Armenians, because we don't like to document. So in the year 2000, I challenged everybody that we need to document ourselves. I document three criterias. The Armenian alphabet mm -hmm. in a public place viewed by the public. So if you have the Armenian alphabet in your home, I don't care. Yeah. But if it is on a street building, there is an Armenian alphabet permanent, I document that thing in the 21st century. Yeah. The Armenian tricolor, and then in local languages, Armenian words. It could be the word Armenian, mm -hmm. or it could be Vahe, uh, Armen, all those things. So, Like name, personal names. Names or... Names or any, yeah. like I, I documented almost every church in 21 countries, mm -hmm. okay? but I didn't document them because they're Armenian churches, because a church cannot have a national identity. I documented them because on the wall there were Armenian letters, right, yeah. or in English or in Arabic there was the word... Armenian in English, Armeni mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Italian, uh, Armenia in Arabic, and mm -hmm. such on. So, so that's in the books. Well, is that in the book? No. Okay. Now, when I approached Armenians, I said, here is a project I would like to do. Yeah. Nobody understood why I'm covering today. Nobody understood. So I have a PhD in being an Armenian and how Armenians think. <laughs> that's okay? a good one. I have given myself... Because for almost 35 years, I have studied every Armenian's mentality and how they think. So when you tell an Armenian, by the way, do you know that the automatic transmission is invented by an Armenian? They're going to say, no, I didn't know. And then they're going to start saying, but the Germans did it, the Italians did it, and such on. Then when you show them the patent, yeah. they're going to be so proud. Their ignorance will be covered by the intelligence of the individual who created the automatic transmission. So we are proud of any other person with IAN or an Armenian heritage. Yeah. If he's a smart person, we Armenians are all smart. If he's a stupid person, no Armenian will claim that they are part of that Armenian identity. So for me to make my dream come into reality, in two weeks I published a book. Because since childhood, I collect information. So all that information that's in those books, yeah. you have been collecting for, for so many four years. years. For so many years. Just to have, just because you were curious to yeah. learn. Yeah. Just curious to learn. Uh, so right now, probably I'm the only guy who knows about so many American Armenians contributing to humanity, not mm -hmm. to America, to humanity. Wow. I don't think they I have over 3,000 people's bios information. So in the first book, I published 150, like the hairdryer patent, and then I back up everything I say with proofs. Yeah. So I published that book, and then I hit the road with no money. Mm -hmm. I, I hit the road with six, $600 because I had an to event. To continue your research. To, to document to do the Armenian. Documenting, yeah. Because do my interest is not those individuals who have contributed to humanity because uh, they contribute to humanity, but they had probably 90% of them had no contribution to the Armenian identity. But Armenians love that thing. So me having my PhD in how Armenians function. Yeah. So I created that book in two weeks. And published it, and we had a sale at the Aubrey Bookstore in Glendale. Mm -hmm. I made $1,200, which 50% was Aubrey Bookstore's, 50% was mine. Next day, I hit the road to Arizona with $600 in my pocket and uh, 500 books in my car. After 50 days, I came back selling 350 books, and it covered my $7,500 of expenses of documenting 562 locations in the U.S., including three cities called Armenia. There's three cities in the United States called, called Armenia. When you say that, I think people say, oh, yeah. Colombia, Armenia. I say, no. Yeah, because we, there is Armenia in Colombia, but that's not I know, the United but States. But none of the American Armenians who are so proud of the Armenia in Colombia... I mean, Armenians don't know that Tuscany has a city called Armenia. Yeah, I, I learned about it recently, but I, I wasn't aware that there are yeah. three cities in the United States. Yeah, so... So I document those things in 2009. Then I started, uh, after three years, I said it's enough time right now to publish 
the book, The Armenian in America, yeah. which is a pictorial essay, and there is only one um, article in it. It says center of the world. Because we Armenians, unfortunately, we look to the east to find our identity. Mm-hmm. We look to the west to find our identity. But we are so stupid. Now people will get mad. <laughs> we are Here so comes stupid. the word. Yeah. Here, we are so stupid that we don't realize if you're looking east and west, that means there is a center. And you are the center. All we have to do is look inwards and we will find our identity. But because of our over 700 years of slave mentality that we are not capable of doing anything as a collective, mm-hmm. so we tend to look into the East saying that here is this is Armenian culture. We look to the West and say this is Armenian culture. So my intention of publishing the book was to document, and I was successful yeah. because I sold over 4,000 books who made me document 22 countries. Now I have another 61 countries to document, and that's what I'm going to be my next uh, pro- project. The last thing I was in Far East last year, documented uh, Japan, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, Singapore, Myanmar, uh, Malaysia, and Thailand. So now when you document those, um, let's say the going back to three cities in the United mm. States, are you able to find out why they are called Armenia and what's the relation? Few of, and few of them, yes, few of them, yeah. no. Because I say there are 12 different higher education institutes in the U.S. Yeah. with Armenian chairs of modern history yeah. who have kids or adults getting their PhDs. Mm-hmm. What they assign them is go back 12th century, 11th century, talk about the Armenian church at that time. But none of them... So I'm saying here is an index I'm providing you. Yeah. You guys study. Yeah. Um, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, Armenia Township of Armenia was called in 1803. Wow. Because when I was there, I went to the historical society there, and they called in, the library called in the historical person, yeah. and then she gave me information. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, Noah Wilson, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the book. Yeah. Um, he claimed the flag of the area yeah. in 1803, went to the register, because at that time, go west idea, there were people would go claim the flag and the land is theirs. Yeah, yeah. So he does that thing and then he goes to the rest county register and they tell him, what would you like to call the place? He goes, Armenia. And they say, why? Well, yeah, I was going to say, why? Be- like- he says, because it means heavenly mountain. Oh, so it is a mountain. Yeah. It's a mountain. It's not, uh, it's not like a huge mountain. It's so pretty. But <laughs> it is called uh, Armenia, Township of Armenia. Yeah. There are businesses on the, uh, on, in the valley who are like the Armenian plumber, Armenia boot company and, and such. I on. love it, yeah. But it is since uh, 1803 and has nothing to do with Armenians. Because if you do some research and try to find literature, American literature of the 1800s, you see always Armenia being presented as a beautiful location mm-hmm. and very uh, spiritual or heavenly location. Um, such as you can see in the Brazilian ladies, so many of them are called Armenia. Their female names are Armenia because it means beauty for them. Wow. Where we Armenians tend to have so many non-Armenian names to our kids today. But yeah. others use our name Armenia for them. So that's, that's the whole purpose of yeah. creating a book called Yes, We Have. Yeah. And as I said, Obama did not utter the word genocide. Every Armenian was mad because nobody... Except me. Well, me too. And a few others. Um, nobody is going to put us down again. Because as soon as you say, oh, you guys went through a genocide, you are crushing our next generation. My daughter, I don't want her to feel that she's a victim of an Armenian genocide. She is not. Yeah. She could be. She's born in the United States of America. She could be the president of the United States of America if we give her the tools. Yeah. Or any other kid who's born in the U.S. Yeah. through the proper channels can achieve that thing. But we like to put ourselves in a condition that... I mean, my question is, even after recognition, what's going to happen? Armenian uh, lobbying firms, they're going to close their doors. So the more the recognition of genocide doesn't happen, it's beneficial for the Armenians. Uh, well, like, I, I don't know. So <laughs> I guess I'll be the first Armenian to say I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's so not my expertise. Since then, since then, I ge- generated a word called genolive. Yes. Genocide means killing of the gene. 
So I said, our genes are alive. Yeah. So genolive, L-I-V-E, is the term. And everybody made fun of me. Till last year, Israel Charney from the University of uh, Jerusalem yeah. sent me an email, and he is the world's best scholar about the Armenian Genocide. He is the founder of the Armenian Genocide Scholars Un- uh, Association. Yeah. He wrote to me saying that, what a wonderful word you have created. It is so basic, yet it is the antidote to the rotten word genocide. Yeah. And he's going to start using it in his publications. That's so wonderful. again, Armenians... Um, when they heard that Israel Charney said good things about the word, the word yeah. now Armenians are happy that I have created the word. But again, genocide is more important than general life. So my books is about Armenians who, after the genocide or because of the genocide, mm-hmm. came to the U.S. They created and back, gave back to humanity. A Turkish person in yeah. Ankara right now is using the automatic transmission in his car because an orphan whose father was killed during the Hamidian massacres and he was born in a cave, Asadur Sarafian, Oscar Banker, created the automatic transmission in 1928 that humanity is using right now. And so many other things. So yeah. the first book was 150 of these people. The second book was 800 people. And I still have some 2,000 people that I have not included in any Published. of the books. That's amazing. That is, I mean... Um, it's wonderful to know, being Armenian, of course, you know, you feel, you know, going back to yeah. that, yes, every Armenian, when they find out somebody has done so much for the humanity, you feel proud. But I guess um, you feel inspired when you learn about any uh, person well, who invented something. That's the message we need to go to our kids. Yeah. My grandmother gave me the message of the genocide. Yeah. My parents gave me the message of the genocide. I will not give the message of genocide to my daughter. She already knows about it, but she needs to live knowing that her DNA is part of a a unique DNA on this planet that no other nationalities, no other races has given this much improvement to humanity. Yet we are still very traditional in our thinking, and we still live in the 19th century. We still, it's just like anybody who left their country and came to another country. They think the country they left is still in the freeze frame of the year they came. So right now we as third, fourth generation of American Armenians, we think about Armenia proper, which is Western Armenia, and current Armenia to be that sad location. Yeah. um, I didn't, growing up in Armenia, I didn't feel that way. It's well, it's a little it's a, I guess it's a little different you know when you grow up in Armenia mm-hmm. you have a different perspective of things when yeah. you are well, there's somewhere more, there's else. more freedom of thinking in Armenia than freedom of thinking in diaspora yeah. because when a new thinker starts evolving yeah. in any society that means that the secured people of those society will lose their seats we Armenians have the yeah. idea of autogors and senel yeah yeah okay absolutely. so the church we lose because the most beneficiary of the Armenian genocide was the Armenian Church. Now people will hate me for that, <laughs> but because because of the genocide, the Armenian Church divided into two are multi multi billionaires. If the genocide did not happen, they would be still in the same old fashioned properties of the land. But right now, from New York to Los Angeles. I have documented just in the U.S. with all different Catholic, Protestant, Lusavor Chagan, and all those things, over 150, 139 churches in the United States. In the United States. Um, going back to um, you know the project, mm-hmm. you also created an application. Yeah. Well, see, I always say I am the richest Armenian on the planet. Uh, I ask people to buy my books. With that money, I don't buy a property. I spend it for my documentation. Um, In 2014, on April 24th, I released an app called Partam, All Mm -hmm. Things Armenian. So automatically, because Armenians are very judgmental and they come from a slave mentality, they told me, and their ignorance, they told me, what an idiot you are. You call the app in your family's last name. I said, if you guys knew Armenian and you knew that Parton means 
wealth, mm-hmm. but not monetary wealth. It is a tree that has lots of fruit is a partam zar. Yeah. A garden with lots of flowers is a partam garden. Yeah. Um, so it means wealth, but not monetary. Yeah. Uh, so partam is all things Armenian. A travel guide to every Armenian destination under the sun. And it's free. You can download it from the App Store and the Google Store. Yeah, so, so Android and... Android yeah. and uh, Apple. Apple. Yeah. And it has been free. It will stay free. Uh, because I am, yeah. not a, I am not an Armenian. I am the Armenian. Well, because you want to share. Yeah, because this information belongs to everybody. All we need to do is document and then... When I die, and I have fulfilled my other 60 countries, I'm not going to die till I do my other 60 countries, and in 300 years from now, that app will have its $12 a month and the $99 for the app, app store existence for the next 100, 200 years generation will find out about the army. And then I'll publish books I'll make it available on the internet because partam.com, mm-hmm. the information is there too. I see. So if someone, you know, downloads the um, app uh, yeah. and they are traveling because now is the season of traveling, so they can right pretty now, much find right. out anything Armenian well, in see, those countries that yeah. you documented. But unfortunately, I have an input. I don't have time to input another 2,000 locations. I have some... Six, seven hundred locations right now documented. All USA is documented. Okay. Canada is documented. I lost my Toronto file oh. for whatever reason. I need to go back to Toronto and document that one. Um, but then I documented, let's start from, okay, USA, Canada. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Lebanon, documented 120 locations in Lebanon. I haven't inputted those. Uh, went to Cyprus, documented 28 locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are there. From Cyprus went to Greece, mm-hmm. documented 50% of Greece. But again, this was me and my daughter five years ago yeah. doing backpacking and staying at hostels, 10 euros, 15 euros, because we didn't have money. But documented half of Greece, almost everything in Italy except Venice, because mm-hmm. every Armenian knows about Venice. One day I'll go to Venice and document. And do that, yeah. Document. There are lots of stuff in Venice. Then from Italy, we went to Portugal, Lisbon documented Porto. There is a street called Armenia in Porto. Amazing. And then Lisbon, there yeah. are Gulbenkian Foundation names and such. And then Madrid. Yeah. And then France, documented 218 locations in France. France yeah. I still have another 300 locations to document in France. Wow. And then from That's there, Switzerland, and then England. And just last year, I was able to doc- document Tokyo, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Myanmar, and Thailand. Yeah. So now, Amazing. this uh, September, I'll be going to Eastern Europe. I'm going to choose a few countries, go to Eastern Europe. Uh, by the way, I have documented Armenia too. What about Russia? That's a huge project. That's, yeah, I was that's going a huge, to say that's yeah. a huge project. Next year or the year after that. Yeah. I still have 60 more countries to document. Wow. So basically, the book publication, which Armenians are so proud of, of course. And they buy those books. Yeah. But only like 4,000 copies out of 400,000 Armenians living in Southern California. But the book that says The Armenian America, which is 210 pages of 580 bo- uh, pictures, it's a pictor- pictorial essay book, yeah. nobody buys. Because I make my joke that it has a happy ending. Every picture has a happy ending. So if I go back to the computer and sit down with Photoshop, I destroy everything Armenian in the U.S. and turn it into a farm, turn it into a broken church, uh, a school that doesn't exist, but the street people will buy it. Because being a Ph.D. in understanding how Armenians think, Armenians love sad stories. We as Armenians... When I say we, because 51% does. So if anybody listening to me right now, they belong to in the 49%, they're much smarter to realize that I'm not talking about them. Yeah. We Armenians become happy with our sadnesses and we become sad with our happinesses. And if you look in our history and our current situation, every time 
On April 24, we are so happy that April 24th happened. And we take our cars and the flags and the we, music yeah. to the streets. Just like when Mexico won against Germany in Los Angeles, the Mexicans copied exactly what Armenians were doing on April 24th. Um, when Armenia became independent, September 21st, we cared less about it. When Armenia went no, through... Not in Armenia, though. No, no, I'm talking yeah. about diaspora. In, in here, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about diaspora. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> our ignorance is the issue. So those books became popular because of, again, every Armenian feels that he or she is as smart as the guy who invented the ATM machine. He or she is as smart as the guy who invented the newspaper stands where you put your quarter and you pick up your newspaper. Any vending machine, mm -hmm. the mechanism, Chelebian. Uh, Armenians are happy that uh, Ikenyan invented the foam board. Armenians are happy that uh, Oscar Banker created the uh, helicopter gearbox um, because they think that they are as smarter as Oscar Banker. I think, um, th you know, that might be part of it too, but I think people are happy just because of what you said too. You know, we people are happy to know that even though we were near getting extinguished, uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, extinct or... Yeah. Um, but, you know, people persevered and succeeded. I think yeah. that's a big part of but people being we're happy. Not, we're not celebrating that. We are only celebrating our miseries. See, at any location when you go and say, here's an Armenian cultural event, okay, we always bring up the sad stories, the sad music, even though we have so much, so much good music even performed on Duduks. We have Armenian dance music on Duduks. We don't present it because we are programmed that the Duduk player, the Ziranapol, is for uh, cemeteries. They go because it opens up your uh, emotions and stuff. It does thing. something to I you. I know, but there are lots of dance music. Yeah. And then when you say Gomidas, people think that it is a classical music. Yeah. They're so ignorant, they don't understand that Gomidas is popular music. Yeah. But because Armenians but they of don't the time, know. I don't think no, that it's ignorance. The I think turn it's of not the, knowing. No, no, no. At turn of the century, the European culture presence was more about classical music. Yeah. So Armenians are copycats. We <laughs> copycat. If the Europeans were having an organ in their churches in 1909, Father Chilingirian in Cyprus at the Saint Stephanos Yegeretsi, which I went and documented. He brought the first organ in there. Armenian churches were not allowed to have any instrument. And whatever instruments yeah. they had were pre-Christian uh, pagan instruments, the Zinzgal and all those things that they were using because they could not get rid of it when they started to converting pagan Armenians to Christianity. So in 1909, Father Chilingirian introduced the organ. And then a few years later, the Gatoegos of the time came up with a decree with a contact saying that every church can utilize an organ. Mm -hmm. And they brought the organ just to sound like the European churches because that was novelty. Mm. See, whenever you're a slave and slave mentality, you always think that the royals are the... See, like in our history... We have no but doesn't, information. But doesn't it go for every uh, nation? Yeah, that, I don't you care. Know, people, yeah, I don't I, care. I, <laughs> I don't care about any other nation. I love them. They exist. They can do anything they no, want. No, what I'm saying is that, you know, everyone, you know, when they hear or see something, they want to imitate, including Armenians. Mostly Armenians. Yeah. But again, third world country people and slave mentality. People yeah. who have been forced... Mm -hmm. by major powers. See, Armenia used to be a major power before Christianity. Yeah. But when we became Christians, we lost our identity first because Christianity does not accept national identity. Yet, we are hypocrites. We say it, Armenian church. And every Armenian thinks that if you're Christian, that means you're Armenian. I'm not Christian, but I am the Armenian. Yeah. See, here we is... Have, we have Armenians. The, the ignorance... Yeah. yeah, the ignorance... I mean, there are so many different... I'm not talking only about Christianity. Being a Muslim Armenian, which there are two million. Yeah. Being a Hindu Armenian. Being a Buddhist Armenian. I feel that I don't belong to any of this forced uh, religious faith. Yeah. I am just an individual who has knowledge. And I enrich myself with knowledge to become an independent thinker. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, every everyone is free to choose their religion. It's not... Uh, 
which shouldn't be imposed on people. But switching to the, from that subject, <laughs> which we can talk for a long time, uh, your other one of the uh, biggest projects to the Rose Float every There's January another? 1st. Yeah. There is this Armenian, beautiful, it has been three years now. Rose, four, four years and four we're years. participating in the fifth one this 2019. So how did um, you Again, come up is, with that? It is the same thing. Every Armenian, America's happiest day, January 1st, when they sit down and watch, the float, every Armenian will say, how come Armenia is not represented there? But they don't realize to be represented there, you need to spend $250,000. Wow. In 1986, when I was a member of the AGBU Los Angeles chapter, mm -hmm. some of young, at that time, probably 22, 23 years old, yeah, 25 years old, some of us came together and said, let's, ha let's do this thing. The but, Rose Float. Rose Float. Mm -hmm. But at that time, we didn't have the guts to be able to collect $150,000. Mm -hmm. Okay? So we killed it. Yeah. Then I'm sure another person, it's not that I'm going to say it was only me. I'm sure another person in 1990 said, let's do this thing. It didn't work out. In 2014, uh, I met uh, another friend of mine who uh, was approached by another person that they were, and he told me that, He's trying to do this thing. I said, yeah. great. I've been talking, thinking about it too. So he goes, but how can we do it? I said, first, we need to establish a nonprofit. Yeah. So next morning, I called my dear friend, uh, Girard Kasabian, a lawyer, and I said, I want you to do a pro bono uh, nonprofit organization for, for us, for the Armenian people, not for me. Yeah. He goes, Stepan, you're asking for a pro bono. I said, you'll be so proud. And he said, he goes, what is it? I said, this is the idea. Yeah. Okay. So since 2014 and 2015, we were the first year we participated with the float that says cradle of civilization. Mm -hmm. In society, we always are so proud of our being the oldest of everything, yet the whole world knows that Turkey is the cradle of civilization, Greece is the cradle of civilization, uh, Egypt is cradle of civilization, mm -hmm. China is cradle of civilization. Nobody will come and tell you, oh, Armenians, cradle of civilization. No, you're, you're nothing. So we called the float cradle of civilization, and over 170 million people heard about that. And we presented everything Armenian that goes back some 10,000 years, seven to 10,000 years, even before Noah's It was Ark. beautiful. And I mean, it was called cradle of civilization. We had tree of life yeah. that Armenians used to... Uh, that's a very important symbol, tree of life. When we became Christians, we took the tree of life and we put the cross in there. And from that day on, we start going down because we don't live. We are right now, all the Khachkars, mm -hmm. the art of Khachkar did not have Khach on it. Mm -hmm. They had the tree of life. Our Armenian monuments had tree of life. On the bottom was the eternity symbol, and then from it it came still tree there, right? Yeah, eternity but still eternity there. symbol is there, and then yeah. the Khach is there, which is not Armenian. Mm -hmm. So uh, we presented the tree, which was artist Sion Yeretsian's work, and then yeah. we had the Ararat Mountain with the Arakils looking at them. We had a carpet weaving saying that the oldest carpet, carpet in the world yeah. is an Armenian carpet. Which is the, because all this information is passed on, and then at the end there was an arch with the with the with the a on it with the a on it, which mm -hmm. is has nothing to do with God. It has with Eutune. It has nothing to do with the Christian faith, even mm -hmm. though the Christians have stolen it and they have it in every church because those are all. It resembled though. It resembled an arch on a church and I know, a for Hmiazin, like to well, but descend I, on. But there. then I asked the people if the A is for Hmiazin, then how come the rival of Hmiazin, the Cilician Gatoyegosutun, uh, all their churches have the A in there too? It is oh. about Eutune. Yeah. It's not the Hmiazin. And yeah. then the peak is Mount Ararat's peak, yeah. and the arch is the oldest architectural, the two columns with the arch, is an Armenian invention. Yeah. So we represented all those things, and we called it Cradle Series, and we had two a, a woman on yeah. each side. Yeah. So uh, then Armenians started questioning, how come that money is spent here, that money needs to go to Syria, that money has to go to uh, Hayastan? Yeah. So I told one of the people who told me that, I said, your house is worth $1.5 million. Yeah. Why do you need it? You're an old man, sell your house, keep 500000 in a bank, 
you can rent an apartment in Glendale for $200,000 a month. Yeah. For the next 15 years that you're going to leave, that money will be sufficient for you. And you can send that $1 million to Armenia or to Syria. See, Armenians' sad stories is what interests them. So first year we did it, yeah. and people thought we were doing it because of the genocide. No. We celebrated life. Yeah. Not because of the 100th anniversary, we remember and we demand. Unfortunately, it's 2018 right now. People who uh, remembered and demanded yeah. in 19, uh, 2015 are still demanding and remembering. And nothing has achieved. But we, five years after, right now, this next year, over 160 million people on the planet know something about the Armenian. Yeah. It is the biggest watched uh, prayed after the Olympics. It's generates in Los in Pasadena, yeah. and it broadcasts just on Colorado. Is over one million people watching it. Yeah. It broadcasts in USA. Over seventy people watch it. I'm talking spontaneously. Yeah. And at the same time, over 170 countries show it. When I went to Singapore and I was talking to a Singaporean person about the roast parade yeah he knew about it yeah but armenians in Glendale don't know about it so my idea was to go outside of the kitchen and present to non-armenians about armenian uh, culture so the listeners who would like to because without people's support hmm. this project cannot go on no it is uh, right we had how can they support what okay. can they do uh, AARFA.org, American Armenian Rose Float Association. Okay. A- I will, A- I'll put it also in the yeah. links too. AARFA.org is where they can donate. Mm-hmm. And this is not a Pasadena based project. This is not a Los Angeles Beach project. This is a project that an Armenian in Lebanon will be proud of it and they will look at it. An Armenian in France will look at it and be proud of it. Um, So what we do is we have our major sponsors, but we're always lacking funds. Um, We have our major sponsors uh, from $50,000 to $5. The $5 person is a major sponsor. The $50,000 is a major And we are glad that there are people in, in, in the U.S. who believe in what we're doing because it's totally different than the traditional. On April 24th, 160,000 people marched to the Turkish embassy, which was closed. They were so proud. If you ask that 160,000 people each to give $1, they will not give. And if you ask those 160,000 people to come on, on November to vote for an Armenian candidate in the Los Angeles area, they will not do because of ignorance. They don't know what is important. They know that just calling Bayekar, Bayekar, Minchevirch, they think that they're doing the right thing. And others looking at us, they think that we want to buy cars. Yeah. Because buy a car, oh. buy a car is buying a car and nothing else. I mean, some, something has to change, you know. And I think, I believe that things are changing. But, I mean, all this... Uh, um, you know all these things that you are doing. It's uh, it's amazing. Which uh, I mean, we can talk forever about those. Um, I want to though switch the um, subject. I don't know if it's completely switching or not. But two weeks ago, there was the first Armenian wine festival yeah. in Glendale, California. Now, how did you come up with that idea and why did you Well, do the this? idea is not mine. I mean, every culture, every, I mean, Los Angeles, there are so many Italian The idea to do it and Armenian. as a see, festival, again, you know. See, we Armenians are so proud that the oldest winery in the world is in the Areni cave in Armenia today. Yes. We talk about it. Then, when you visit Armenia, I have visited Armenia over 10 times. Uh, and you start drinking those wines. There are so many of them sweet wines, yeah, which do not go with the standards of. Yeah, they were. I mean, the yeah. before. But then, yeah. in this last seven years, when diaspora Armenians moved to Armenia mm-hmm. and they cultivated the tradition of winemaking, which is the Armenian winemaking, which is not the sweet wine. So, because it takes so much time to prepare the reserve and the other ones, the sweet mm-hmm. wines you can immediately produce it. So Armenia started giving out wine that internationally 
start getting medals. Yeah. So Armenian market in Los Angeles is a huge market. Los Angeles itself for the wine industry is a huge market. Absolutely. Armenian mentality is we are the first Christian nation. Noah's Ark landed. The wine, even though the wine uh, winery is before Noah by 1500 years, so Noah planted the first grape. Armenian grapes are the holy grapes and so on. <laughs> All the BS that you want, they say. Then they expect God is going to send everybody on the planet to go and drink Armenian wine. So their mentality is, yes, we have this thing, but we don't need to market it. We, don't, we go to participate in um, competitions. We get the medal. We come back and we say we won the medal. But in any uh, business your PR budget is much bigger than your actual production budget. But why, do, why did you decide to do because this? Because I wanted to introduce the Armenian wine yeah. to the 11 million people who, not necessarily they're going to come to the event. We had some 250 people at the event. But people talked about it. Social media... Armenia went through a government change, not a revolution, government change to Facebook. So... Uh, people knowing about Kini Fest, and then it's the Armenian word of wine, Gini, and then Fest Festival. So here's an Armenian and English word. The idea is to introduce, you come, you taste it, you like it, you buy it, you go ask for it. And now I see people are buying those wines that they tasted from the local distributors, from the local uh, uh, liquor stores. So therefore... A small business has started for the Armenian wineries in Armenia. I have, I don't have any winery. I don't. Uh, yeah. I'm not a wine drinker. Um, I, I am diabetic, so wine will add more sugar to my blood. But it is the service to the country over there, even yeah. though I'm living here. So next year, it's already set. May 19, 2019, is Kini Fest. Mm-hmm. Number two. Armenian and, wine and spirits. Yeah. And then now it became bigger. It's going to be Armenian wine and spirits because brandy, cognac, vodka, beer, even cigars yeah. are there. Armen- cigars made by Armenians will be there. We had even a rum made by we, an Armenian yeah, person. We, yeah. So it is the Armenian, Armenian uh, wine and spirits. And um, the idea is, again, first for Armenians to be able to understand that uh, you have a product that you can present to everybody without them telling you, oh, Armenian wine is very sweet. That was the standard yeah. among people. Yeah. Now, even Armenians who said the Armenian wine, when they came and tasted, they said, wow, yeah. this is just like the Argentinian, Chilean, the French, uh, the Italian. So we can yeah. be in the same caliber. Yeah. And that was the whole purpose. Uh, and I invited Armenian wineries from Armenia to come. It was free for them. Next year it's not going to be free. So how many how many wineries uh, were represented well, from Armenia? Sev- seven wineries from Armenia. Actually six wineries from Armenia, one from Artsakh. Yes. And then we had an Argentinian Tutunjan winery which they shipped us their products. The Chilean. The Chilean, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then Charlassian, Juan Charlassian, uh, who uh, came from Chile uh, from Argentina to Texas and then he found out and then he called us and then he became part of the thing and he's so happy Uh, and it's amazing his winery and I I looked at the pictures it's an amazing place in Argentina and uh, he has even Armenian church architecture in front of his yeah the the, the uh, copy of the Arani Yeah, yeah, uh, the Noravank which is in the Arani region region, and then we had a Northern California young Armenian man uh, who has Bela, what was Luso it? de la Terra from Paso Robles. Paso yeah. Robles, who contacted um, us and he wants us to party. Edward Cholagian, yeah. yeah. So next year, I'm sure there are so many other wineries Absolutely. owned by Armenians. So next year, we're going to open it up to everybody. Yeah. It will be a tradition of Armenian Wine and Spirit Festival where people pay to enter. We charge them very little comparing to every other wine festival that happens. But next year, we will. I'm targeting to over 20 wineries from Armenia yeah. and some additional ones from different parts For, of yeah, the world. Yeah, with, with the non-Armenians, with Armenian heritage. Yeah. And then it's interesting that uh, with your help, we were able to bring some of the North American Sommelier Association's board members. Yeah. They witnessed it, and as one of them was leaving, she told me, next year I'm going to plan a trade exhibition in the morning, and in the evening you can do this, what you're doing, because everybody's here. 
because he goes, she, she said, every wine has a history. Absolutely. And she goes, they tasted perfectly, and they had histories, which is very important. Yeah. So we're going to work with her uh, next year to have, like, in the morning, a trade-only People will come and Absolutely. taste, yeah. and then in the in the afternoon it will be open to the public. They will pay and come and enjoy, just like any other festival. Yeah, the, um, the little uh, addition. This uh, um, uh, the, there was a group of uh, non-Armenians who uh, came to the event, and they were uh, a bit hesitant. I don't want to say which country they were going to compare, but they said, oh, we're, we were thinking this wine is going to taste like wine from this country. Mm-hmm. But we're so pleasantly surprised that the wine tastes so good. So made me happy. I have nothing to do with their wine making, but, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, and we it's, had it's a proud moment. There. We had Armenian, Armenian cheese, cheese and French chocolate. Cheese. We had uh, chocolate by an Armenian lady who makes chocolate here. Yeah. So it will grow. Yeah. It will grow. And um, in my old projects, I have always faced negative comments from the community till the day off. And afterwards, people understood what I'm doing. Yeah. Because it's always thinking outside of the box. Yeah. I remember very well when I did Spirit of Armenia at Hollywood Bowl. Over 15,000 people watched it. And Don Heckman, LA Times critic, world music critic, who is very critical on everything. Yeah. He wrote on Tuesday's L.A. Times saying that um, internationally, uh, I forgot right now, but he, his message was Armenian culture was presented in a very high international caliber. Mm-hmm. But Armenian newspapers said, where is Gomidas Vartabit? Yeah, it doesn't. And then there was a caricature in Asper's newspaper saying, where is Gomidas Vartabit? Where? On the stage, three Gomidas collected information, because Gomidas did not write anything. Gomidas Vartabet, whatever he has written, he has destroyed. We don't have anything that we hear right now that says, by Gomidas, it is what he collected from the peasants. His own compositions, he destroyed when he realized what is Armenian and what is not. Mm. Today, none of Armenian composers will destroy anything they have composed. Gomidas Vartabet was a totally different individual. So, uh, three pieces of Gomidas was performed on stage, but because for Armenians Gomidas is only piano mm-hmm. and a choir, they and it has to be a classical, it. then they think that again it is ignorance. Mm. Knowledge is the most important thing on this planet, and what I'm trying to do. My nonprofit is called Knowledge Truck. Yeah, I we deli- haven't talked about that. <laughs> how do you manage to get I all deliver, these projects? I deliver and ideas. knowledge. <laughs> I deliver knowledge. My intention in life is to deliver knowledge. Yeah. What Armenians lack. Armenians lack um, information that was presented to them, but not knowledge. Because knowledge comes to you from reading, understanding, evaluating, yeah. and finding that information in your life, where it belongs to. We know that this is Armenian, this is Armenian, this is Armenian, but we never utilize that thing to enrich ourselves. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, there's so much, uh, uh, so much information that uh, I, I don't think. I, I, like I said, we can talk for hours, and I'm sure maybe I'm, we can I have. I am a talkative person. <laughs> I have my TV program. We have, I know. For, I was for 20 say. years. I've been talking, with looking at the yeah. camera, and I talk to myself. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. We we haven't even talked about the TV show, which. People can tune in and they can find it on Facebook. It's uh, Monday through Thursday around 9 o'clock in the it's evening. It's 9, 9 to 10 time. p.m. It, th- at night. It is called Party Luis. Yeah. And Armenians call me and say, initially my show was called Sergar Zika without my choice. Because almost 20 years ago when I started my first show, I said, uh, we live in Glendale, yet we don't have even one Armenian restaurant in Glendale. Yeah. So and then I said... Your opinion, Zika. Mm-hmm. So that became a tradition. My show was called Zika, and I was introduced as Zika. Any place I went, people would say, Zika is here. Yeah. And then people called and said, Rafi's Kebab. I said, it's a Persian yeah. owned by an Armenian. They said, Karusel. I said, Lebanese uh, yeah. restaurant owned by an Armenian. I said, don't be surprised. One day, the Mexican burrito, you guys will consider it to be an Armenian too. Surely today, there are... Restaurants, yeah. Mexican restaurant owned by Armenians. Um, 
So that's how it started. And then one day I said on my show, it's so pathetic for Armenians to wake up in the morning. And Armenian TV, you have to understand that in Los Angeles, in Southern California, Glendale, Burbank, Pasadena area, we have over 11, 24-hour Armenian TV stations. Yeah. And I said, it's so pathetic that every morning you open up the TV shows, you see somebody talking about night because it is the repeat of what happened at night. And I said, uh, in America, prime time, there is a morning prime time and there is an evening prime time. Yep. So I started doing my Sergarzika at night and then Parilus in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then it was so much for me. After a few years, I changed it to Parilus at night. Yeah. And people, it's a calling show. People started calling and said, how stupid of you. You call us stupid, but you're the stupidest <laughs> of everybody. How come at midnight you're saying Parilus? So I go to them, excuse me, did I say good morning? I said good light. Yeah. And light could be at any time. Yeah. Right now, because of light, you're able to watch me. So I'm saying the intention is to be good, party, and the intention is to be enlightened. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the morning. Good so morning. it's up to their interpretation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So every day I talk about a topic that either has happened in the community or in general. It's more cultural, social. I don't get involved in politics because politics doesn't have backbone. It just shifts like that. But culture yeah. is the most important thing. And as we are losing our culture right now, our uh, language, our music, the two most famous Armenian music that the whole world knows is Azerbaijani song Karun Karune in 1960s was sang by Zainab Khanum something that Armenians copied into Armenia and became Karun Karun Karune and every Armenian is so proud Arabs sang it, French sang <laughs> it so everybody good. sang it and Armenians say, oh they're singing Armenian song but their ignorance doesn't let them know that that's not an Armenian song and then the latest one Mikana Mikana <laughs> which is a Turkish based melody that Armenians sing it and they're so proud with their belly dancing ability that they're presenting Armenian culture. So when I'm rude like this, because I am in pain, and that's what Armenians don't understand. I am in pain that in the 21st century, where so many people have advanced and progressed and are contributing back, we Armenians are sitting in the 19th century, culture, music, food, everything, and we are not progressing. And especially right now that Armenia is more independent, uh, we are forced to hear Eastern Armenian with English words. Adaptatsia, intonatsia, fixavorel. Those are all English words. To fix, to adapt, to uh, to associate. Well, um, I I would say this. Um, It's... uh, um, it is easy to use uh, the foreign words because it's harder to find those words in the it's Armenian not, it's not language. Harder. It is ignorance. We don't know. That's why. Exactly. We don't See, know. I don't know Armenian. I went to an Arabic school. I don't yeah. know Armenian, but I speak Armenian very good right now because yeah. I wanted to understand, to be able to say it. Yeah. Now, my daughter might not want to do it, but I want it. And I can't yeah. force my daughter to do it. But yeah. for a country, in the diaspora, we are so... A salad, but the country cannot allow. This weekend, there's the Armenian culture minister, the new appointed one, is visiting Glendale. I'm going to go and ask her. Yeah. I'm going to ask her that if you are so proud of our culture, how come these Latin words are in our culture? Because once you lose the language, you lose your country. In the diaspora, we are so. Uh, in Armenian, there is a Ayrat Sevdi I say, oh, he or she cannot speak Armenian, but they're good Armenians because they feel Armenian. Yeah. My point is, my all respect to them. But if they're so much passionate about being an Armenian, they need to learn the Armenian language uh, because we exist because of the language. And our borders in Armenia is protected by our soldiers. Mm-hmm. But the enemy knows how we function. The enemy has PhD in understanding Armenians. I'm not the enemy. I have PhD too. They know how to manipulate the culture. Yeah. So when you lose your culture and your language becomes English Armenian in Armenia, then you lose your 12,000-year heritage, which is the key to humanity. The Armenian language, the pure Armenian language, is the key to humanity that 
USA benefits from, Russia benefits from. Like there are archaeologists, they say if they knew Armenian and whatever the oldest things they find on the planet have Armenian notations on them, have Armenian information. Just because they don't know Armenian, they can identify it and then they don't show it. Suddenly an Armenian will find out and tell them, oh, this is Armenian words on it. Yeah. So, which I have to conclude it right here. You are the one who is going to go find it, document it. My purpose in life is right now to document 21st century Armenian, uh, the Armenian, which is locations, because people come and go. People, they might sound Armenian names, but they have never benefited Armenian. They only benefited me by selling my books because Armenians love to them. So my mission right now is 60 countries to go and document. All right, well... We can. I will put on the links uh, where people can purchase these wonderful books. Yeah. And by Is having thearmenian.com. Thearmenian.com. And by having those books, they will help you, and they will help themselves and their children in the yeah. future to get more information and more educated about Armenia, what is to be an Armenian, and uh, um, that's it. Well, what is to be, Armenians need to be born again Armenians. We feel that if my mom and dad were Armenian, and I came out from a female who is an Armenian, that means I am an Armenian. It doesn't happen like that. If you want to become a lawyer, you go five years study. If you want to become a doctor, you go 10 years. You want to become a surgeon, you go 12 years, 13 years. And then you master a craft. Being an Armenian is you need to master your own heritage, your own culture, your own language. And once you are able to do that thing, then you are given a diploma saying that you are an Armenian. Unfortunately, now you are born, you go to an Armenian school, you don't know Armenian language, you're speaking in English. You continue your life with all the values that any society presents to you wherever you live. You know nothing about the Hachoruchun and Tsachoruchun eternity symbols. How come you can call yourself an Armenian? Well, so um, you need to be born again. You need to. Okay, so cheers to the rebirth, <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for today's conversation. It was very. Well, it was pleasure. I spoke a lot, but I gave lots of information. You gave <laughs> lots of information. You do a lot. You do a lot for um, for preservation and for. Uh, you know, putting the Armenians out there and the information out there. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Let them not forget about the Kini Fest, May 19, 2019. All right. We'll see you guys then. Man, that was interesting. That was interesting on the sense that, you know what? I love to get Stepan with a, his own podcast, too. This is very interesting stuff. And folks, check him out. He's got his uh, Facebook site. And plus, he's all over L.A. I mean, this guy's... Uh, uh, he's a very helpful individual to the Armenian community in the West Coast, and God bless, and keep doing the great work you are, Stepan. And uh, Anush, thank you for another great interview. Folks, uh, you can check out different podcast shows. You can check out radios of different type of musics out there on YoRadio.com. So check that out and be a part of uh, what's coming up here. It's a, it's a great uh business that we got going here and it's all free yoradio.com that's about it thank you so much for listening to our show take care get nuts at key share party we'll see you next time tune in next week for another episode of a toast to armenia with jano kabinjian find the show online at armeniaproud.com And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at Facebook.com slash Armenia Proud or Twitter at Armenia Proud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of LightUpMedia.fm.